Our scripture of the day is a verse in Joshua, chapter 1, verse 9. Let us say it together. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I would ask that you take that out of your bulletin today, cut it out with scissors, type it in your computer. That's your gift today. Let us pray. Holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I watched from a window as the riot police got ready, wrote theologian N.T. Wright. They looked like sportsmen preparing for a match, putting on pads and helmets, gloves, and special outer clothing. Only this wasn't a game. It was real. They didn't know quite literally what was going to be thrown at them. They appeared calm, but they must have been tense inside. They were called to go off to meet danger, including possible injury or even death, Wright said. When I read a story like that, in my own words, I've developed a response. And my response is this, they said yes. Many people in our world face similar situations every day, such as soldiers in war zones, Firefighters who rush into burning buildings when everyone else is running out, they say yes. Those who work in lifeboats and natural disasters, those on search and rescue teams, they say yes. Even missionaries, like our own International Presbyterian Church missionary that we here at RGPC sponsor, the Reverend Kathy Chang is now in grave danger as she has been. She's been blacklisted by the Philippine government for answering her call to the work of peacemaking there. Has Kathy asked to leave? No. Kathy still says yes. Teachers at Robb Elementary School who tragically died physically covering the bodies of their students with their own creating a shield. Because when they said yes to teaching children, they said yes with all they had to give. Today, we give God thanks for the 645,000 men and women who have lost their lives defending the United States since World War I. They were brave. They were afraid, and they still said yes. So into this day, we find Jesus. And he meets us here and poses a question that actually makes us feel uncomfortable, perhaps because it's extremely difficult to answer. Are you willing to deny yourself, to take up your cross, and to follow me? Because if you are, then don't look at what the world values, the foolish selfishness of fame and money, power and stuff. It can't feed your soul like I can. 
At first glance, the world looks good, especially held up next to Jesus' message for recruiting disciples. And I quote, And he began to teach them the Son of Man must suffer for many things. And he said this plainly. And this would be the first of three announcements that Jesus would give his disciples about his death because how hard is it to love someone and to have them talk about dying? But Jesus, he never minced words. Jesus didn't backpedal, say that his suffering or rejection or death might happen. He told them that it had to happen. He was amazingly loving, just, and direct, all at the same time. To his credit, he never recruited disciples under false pretenses. From the very start, he made it crystal clear that the way of discipleship was not one of ease, but one of hard work. And Jesus has never asked us to go on a television show and make a deal for the really big bucks. Instead, Jesus asks us to say yes to him, to carry his cross like Simon did up the hill to Golgotha. And when he calls us to do so, to carry the crosses of others, and he promises that if we do, we'll find life, a rich life, worth more than anything this world could ever possibly offer, or even ever hope to hold, a life of love, of purpose, and meaning, with a call to follow him and his ways, to love as he loves. And there is no better thing to be loved and to love. So on the day of their walk to Caesarea Philippi, imagine Jesus with his disciples. He's out in the lead. They're following behind as he's teaching them. And he knew that they had confessed him shortly before and they confessed that he was the Messiah, but Jesus also knew they really had no idea about the meaning of that confession, not yet, but they would. And the disciples could only see half of the vision that he was describing because they weren't on the other side of the cross like we are today. They didn't really know about resurrection. And when the disciples looked at Jesus, they saw him as their deliverer, not their suffering servant. After hearing the news about the cross, we can only imagine their startled expressions and their questions. Why, Jesus? This is crazy. Why do you have to suffer when you could perform a miracle and make it all go away? We're not ready to be in the world alone without you later. In their commissioning, he would share these words, assuring them that they wouldn't be, assuring us of the same thing today when he said, I will be with you always, and the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, will be with you. You see, Jesus had to go to the cross, because without the cross, there would be no empty tomb. Without resurrection, then Jesus would be a really great prophet, but not the Son of God, who had ever faced real pain or conquered evil. Jesus had to help the disciples get it, that if the Messiah would not endure suffering and death, 
He would have little to say to those who suffer in this world, to those who fight for reform and combat evil with love, the only thing that conquers hate. I would imagine like young privates halfway through boot camp, I'm sure the questions came to the disciples. Did we leave our homes and our families and our jobs to do this? I'm going down this new path, looking back at those who came before me, and now I'm wondering if I keep going, will I suffer too? Will I be rejected by those I love? Ask a Vietnam vet what it felt like when they returned home. Will I carry your cross of love up a hill in a world of hate? And Jesus said, yes. Yes. Because the days that followed, much like this week after this tragic loss of students' and teachers' lives at Robb Elementary School, I was convinced then that day that no matter what I notice the pronoun, tried to write in a sermon for you today, would end up being just about the cross and about death. Focus on eternal life as our reward. And while that is all true, it would have been the easy way out. Because I remember thinking I needed to just soldier on through the present dark reality. And once I figured out that, I was struggling with the sermon because I was getting in the way of it. I wasn't denying myself. And then I came to see that those whose lives we remember on this Memorial Day, those who answered the call to protect and still do, save lives every day to this day. You see, even though it looks like death, it's all about life. It's all about the power of love. Stand among white headstones at any national cemetery and see the sacrifice, but see more than that. See faces, read the names, look at each stone and see past it. See what love looks like standing there. You see, Jesus tells us that he came into the world so we could have abundant life. Not only later, not only in eternal life, but now. The Robb Elementary School shooting took me back to 23 years ago. I was associate pastor. I was in charge of high school youth group. And Columbine had just happened. And the world was rocked more so then than now after 42 schools have had the same problem. And never did I think that in my seventh year in the ministry, to this day to my 30th, that I would have seen so many lives lost in school shootings. Sandy Hook, Columbine, they shook us to the core. And how sad that with every school since, we have failed to keep schools safe. And we must never tire for reform. Never. I remember Columbine because in the midst of that, trying to figure out how I was going to do a Bible study with youth group and explain to these rattled 14 and 18-year-olds what had happened, this unspeakable tragedy, 
I remember watching all the news reports like we've done this week of seeing all the faces of those who were shot, of those who died. But there was one face that I actually continued to pay attention to long after Columbine. Her name was Cassie Edwards. I found out later she was a youth group and Sunday school kid who loved Jesus. She was the kind of kid that when she walked into a room, she brought light in darkness. She even brought it into the library. Cassie's mother, Misty, she would later write a book in her memory entitled, She Said Yes. And in its closing chapter, she described one of the first Sunday services at their church after the shooting with multiple victims. The minister asserted from the pulpit that Cassie didn't just die on April 20th, 1999, but that she had died daily over the previous year of her life, daily dying to self. Cassie's mom wrote this, Cassie struggled like everyone struggles, but she knew what she had to do to let Christ live in her. It's called dying to yourself and it has to be done daily. It means learning to break out of the selfish life. The world looks at Cassie's yes of April 20, but we need to look at the daily yes she said every day before giving her final answer. And her mother went on to say this, it is the same point Jesus was trying to make when he said that one who saves their life will lose it and one who gives up their life will find it because long before she died, Cassie had decided that instead of looking out for herself, instead of trying to get things to work out her way, wondering what life had to offer, she was going to see what she could offer. May the church do the same. Cassie will be remembered for her death. More importantly, Cassie will be remembered for her life. But most especially, Cassie will be remembered for her yes, that up until that moment she spoke it had shaped the way she lived every day of her life. The true meaning of a life well lived is qualitative, not quantitative in years like 17. Cassie just loved Jesus and she loved others. How can we do less? It is learning to say yes every day to following Jesus and serving others. Cassie wrote a note to a youth group friend, Amanda, that she passed to her in the hallway at school before she went into the library. They had been chatting about the Bible study the, the earlier Sunday. And this is what Cassie wrote on the note. P.S. Amanda, honestly, I want to live completely for God, to be a disciple of Jesus. It's hard and it's scary, but it's totally worth it. You see, Jesus is always present with us. He's present with us when we say yes, too. And we get to know that wherever he leads us, he's already there. Know that he's the real deal, not some far-off God, not some far-off Messiah who somehow is looking down. No. Jesus is as close as the breath 
you now take. He experiences our pain, our tears. I never forget standing in the darkness of night. When he comes back into town, he's found out that Lazarus, one of his best friends, had died. And the last time he left that town, they were driving him out. So he comes back in the middle of the night and he encounters Martha and she tells him that Lazarus has died. And then she goes and gets Mary. And when Mary sees him, he cries. And so does she. And they weep over the death of Lazarus. Even though he knew he would bring him back to life. Even though he knew he would have eternal life. Just like he did for all of us on that cross. He experienced pain. He is compassion, and he's compassion that we feel inside of us this week for Rob Elementary, for all those who serve in our military and as first responders. He is the anger that stirs us to say yes to action and reform so that the tragedy of lives lost in schools won't happen again. That's what love looks like. We must say yes to being a beacon of light in the darkness, to support the loss of 22 veterans and one first responder who daily take their own lives in the United States as they try to reassimilate back into the world. We need to say welcome. We need to say yes. We need to offer support to stand with, alongside, to love. The soldiers who gave their lives for us, who we thank God for today, they said yes to serving so present and future generations could live to make a difference in this world. They said yes. Extraordinary men and women went before us with unmatched resilience. They said yes. Enduring hardship when called upon to defend and to liberate, they said yes. They found courage to rise with every son, loyalty toward their country, discipline for every command, even in the darkest hours, they said yes. They cherished and fought for freedom. So those coming behind them, all of us, were assured of it. And when the moment came for them to give it all, their futures never to be written, they still said yes. So today we think upon their sacrifice. We find our way to honor them, saying yes to making the most of what they gave us, filling the earth with God's love and goodness that conquers hate. We thank them for their yes. We thank Cassie for her yes. We thank Jesus for saying yes to the cross because it led to resurrection and life abundant. And we thank God for the gift of life and the call to live it. For all those who came before us, they will never be forgotten. Amen. <laughs>